not going down just because of something some stupid adults are doing. Mobile suits. Monday, Monday. Camille's a man's name, and I'm a man! Uh, no carrots, please. Mobile suit? Roger that. Mobile suit. Mobile suit. Change. Although all enemies were defeated, Earth did not change one bit! The commander! <laughs> He's lost it! <laughs> every other day, every other day, every other day of the week is fine! You're a soldier here, aren't you? If you want to be more than just a grunt, you better learn to see the whole picture. Uh, yes, yes, sir. I'm the enemy, you idiot! Miss Matilda! Hey guys, welcome back to another exciting episode of Fanholes Mobile Suit Mondays. Hey, what's up guys? This is Derek, Derek WC, and we're here to talk some build fighters tonight, and joining me are two of my fellow Fanholes. So why don't you shout out guys so we can get started. Hey, it's Mike, and you want to tangle with Mr. Bear Guy? Well, Mr. Bear Guy's bones are made of cotton. The fluffiest material known to Gumpla Battle, so you gotta ask yourself, do I feel lucky, bub? How do I follow that? <laughs> uh, this is Justin, I'm just here. <laughs> awesome, awesome, that's fine, Justin. You're, we're, we're more than happy to have you here. <laughs> Even if, if Bear Guy has uh, cotton made of cotton nantium or whatever, the strongest cotton in the Gunpla universe. So yeah, we're, we're talking about Build Fighters Episode 9 tonight. The title of the episode is called Wings of Imagination. And when we open up in the episode, we're at an art exhibit. And so we're introduced to a new character, this young blonde woman, with an awfully, awfully high opinion of her own artistic talents. And her name is Caroline Yajima. And as we continue to observe her, basically, I guess, wax her own car, the character that we do know, China or Kosaka, is walking past. And obviously we know from previous episodes that she's very interested into, in art and the art world and everything. And so it turns out that Caroline considers China her bitter, bitter rival. But what's kind of funny is, China doesn't seem to, I guess, share the... It's not mutual. Like, she has no ill will towards Caroline. It's, it's, it's kind of very one-sided, I guess. So, and, and she's kind of really familiar with her, because instead of calling her Caroline, she's like, oh, yeah, hi, Carol Chen. How are you? You know, like that kind of thing. And so all, all I can think of is, I, I think back to my old uh, Japanese buddy, Tim Kono, and when I would ask him about, like, well, what's the difference between Kuhn and Chan and all this kind of stuff? And he, he just 
advised that it's very familiar. So basically, it'd be kind of like me going like, hey, Mikey, baby, good to see you, you know, and it's just kind of like that, that kind of thing, you know, and because I, I remember one time I go, well, you know, I go, well, your mom calls me Derek Chan, and she's like, well, he's like, well, you know, that kind of means like baby, like, he's like, it's like, it's not cool, like, you know, it's like, it's like, so that's probably why uh, Caroline is like, my name's not Carol Chan, like, it's Caroline Yajima. You know, and she gets all kind of indignant about it and everything. But I'm kind of curious. What are you guys' first impressions of Karo-chan? She kind of reminds me of the character Karen from Street Fighter, which is Sakura's rival. Where she's okay. she's also like a rich girl who's like just arbitrarily decided like Sakura was her like eternal rival and stuff. And like, I don't know, it, it really reminded me of that. It's it's interesting that you mentioned that like a stock archetypical kind of Japanese character because in in my notes I actually wrote down I I don't know if you guys have watched this or not and I've only seen the American version so I don't know how I mean obviously it's very different but I watched Funimation's dub of Shin Chan and one of the characters the little girl that Shin is friends with one of the sort of rich girls that that is basically in love with Shin but basically most of the other characters think of her as rich and snobbish and stuck up. And I think they call her like Miss I, but like, I think her name's like, I think they just call her I, but the basically like one of the running gags is there's always this bodyguard, the secret service guy that's like at her side at all given times. And he's always talking into a microphone and everything. And, and similar, like she also seems to have that kind of like suited, bodyguard that attends to her at any given time that kind of makes commentary on, you know, the, this art assembly that they're they're about to attend and everything like that. Miss, you all right? You want me to punch him in the junk? I got dirt in my eye. Wait, what did you just say? But what about what about you, Justin? Did you have any other thoughts on Karo-chan? She's clearly insane. And, uh... <laughs> I think she's just kind of like the t- a typical like anime stereo- stereotype, like they're kind of poking fun of themselves, like which Build Fighter does that quite a bit, you know. Oh yeah. It's like you know, oh here I am, I'm your eternal rival, you know. Like you probably have only seen me a few dozen times in your life, but you know we're bitter rivals forever. And right. know, she's always making grand entrances, like all of a sudden she's like standing on top of a slide, going, ha, 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 and everybody's like. Wait, what? What's wrong with you? <laughs> I, I really love, like, several times in the episode, it seems to be a recurring gag that, like, Kosaka just kind of diffuses the, like, situation without her even realizing it, and then, like, she snaps out of it eventually. Like, uh, I kept cracking up at that. Yeah, like, when yeah. we're talking about how cute Bear-chan is, and she's just like, <laughs> yeah. oh, it's about booze. Oh, it's so cute. Hello, Bear-chan. And she's like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I'm supposed to hate you. Like, we're we're rivals. Yeah, so so Caro Chan basically is is at this art festival, and she's very happy with herself because she's won the gold prize for her artwork, and and of course this kind of bodyguard type guy, you know, that's describing it, you know, to her is like, oh, the symmetry, the line work, the this, the that, it's so great, you know, a very sort of toadying bodyguard that that's that's uh, at her side. 
But of course, it, what's kind of funny is then she's turning to China and is like, well, what, what'd you do this year? Kind of what you always do? Like you did, you did some landscapes or whatever. And she's like, no, I, I did something a little different this year. And then they cut to what she did. And of course it's won the grand prize. So I was surprised they didn't do like an anime flop when they were like looking at it or whatever, where they just fell over and, and gave us some, some little girl fan service for all the shars out there or whatever. Lala, take this. Go down. Good. That's it. There. Huh? Uh. Lala, stop playing around with him. Uh. Uh. Show me what you have. Uh. Damn! It basically, like the, her piece is titled Bear Guy in Wonder Forest. And of course it won the grand prize. And it kind of looks like like, it's Winnie the Pooh-inspired to me. Like, that's all I could think of, because it was this big, huge bear that's yellow, and it's basically garvoning itself on on this big can of honey and everything. But it seems like that's her deal. You know, the, the bear guy is is one of her artistic outlets, you know, her, her style, I guess, if you will. So we're going to find out how that applies to serious business of Gunpla Battle, later on in the episode. We're, we're now sort of following, like, this is clearly a China-centric episode, and we're back at her dad's restaurant, and she's waiting on some guests and everything, and he's he's kind of hoping, like, she'd, she'd be a little more, I don't know, I, it's hard to say, like, uh, just a little more friendly, a little more customer service or something like that. Like, she's not quite as enthusiastic about waiting on tables as she is about her art and, and hanging out with Sai and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden she gets a phone call, and she gets a phone call from none other than Miss Lori Rinko. And this this was kind of a funny scene to me because, you know, she calls up and and the mom is basically kind of like worried about Psy. You know, she's worried about her son because she's saying, hey, look, he's been locked up in this workshop for like, you know, weeks now and hasn't even come out and and I don't know if he's okay and and then and then the way she, she sort of convinces uh China to come over is kind of funny cuz she cites her as like you are the only one who can help as you are his precious girlfriend and of course this like basically sends her off into like this literal flight of fancy <laughs> where all of a sudden like the screen changes and she's like actually she's like doing the the lowest lane like you know, uh, can you read my mind? Like, do you know what I'm thinking? You know, like she's 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 got all these stars behind her and all this kind of stuff, and that was that was very funny to me and everything. And and literally, like she almost it's like she flies all the way over to Lori Models almost because then she's there, and and she ends up making Sai some food. It looks like one of those little weird Japanese like omelet things, and there's some kind of weird ketchup-y design on it that she makes them. But I was like, hey, if a chick's making you food and it tastes good, like, that's that's a score, Sai. Like, you're you're doing good. She's basically asking him, come eat this food, take a break, like, you know, come on out because your mom's worried about you type of thing. And, you know, while they're having all these conversations and everything, it turns out that uh, Reiji's been gone also for a few days as well. So Reiji hasn't even been in the workshop either. And then basically China, the way she sort of snaps him out of his, his workshop frenzy completely is she tells Sai, hey, look, guess what? I finally built my own Gunpla model. And so at, at this point, he's actually very excited about that. Like it, it sort of turns him from this 
the, uh, I, I kind of described it originally. I don't think I understood this or picked up on it at first, but I guess like I, I kind of described it as he's got like focused determination in the workshop, and then all of a sudden he's kind of like got this excitement and anticipation to see her first Gunpla model. But I guess, you know, later in the episode, it, it, it becomes a little more clear to me. It's like, it's kind of like he's got, he's got like writer's block for Gunpla building almost is what's going on with Psy. Like the reason why he's in the shop and working so hard is not so much that he's slaving over something new. It's, it, it just seems like he's a little more frustrated. Like, I guess I, I, maybe it would have been better if, you know how, like, the typical thing for writer's block, I guess this wouldn't apply anymore because we all use computers, but, you know, in the old days when we used to, like, type shit up or write on paper with pencils, like, a lot of times what you would see is somebody start to write something and then crumple up a piece of paper and, like, throw it in the wastebasket. So if if China walked in, you'd see this waste paper basket full of crumpled up pieces of paper, and he's like, I'm trying to work on my manuscript, baby, and nothing's going right. And I guess I didn't really understand that at first, but that's kind of what what basically is going on and everything. And without without getting too deep, basically they're they're gonna go to the park and she's gonna show him what model, you know, what gunpla model she finally built and what it is and everything. And of course, as hinted in the opening, it is Bear Guy. It is Mr. Bear Guy Mach three. So I'm I'm just kinda curious, like I, I we, we kinda all saw this coming. We can see it in the after credits and everything, but Thoughts on Mr. Bear Guy? Um, I think the Bear Guy design predates Build Fighters, but I'm not totally sure. I mean, obviously, it's a variant of, like, the Ack Guy, but, like, I don't know where it's from exactly. But all I know is, like, you know, obviously, like, Kosaka has her own, like, variant with, like, the yellow colors and the bow and whatever. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's obviously akin to her character a bit. Like, it's kind of cutesy and not... It does not appear threatening, we'll say, at the outset. You know, it, I, I was wondering, like, when, when he first was shown, like, when when Psy was first shown the model, I almost expected him to go, like, this is nice and cute and everything, but it's not functional, you know, or something. Like, because <laughs> like, there's that weird moment, I guess, you know, we kind of jumped ahead where basically it, during the, the episode at this point, you know, Karo-chan shows up, like Justin was talking about, where she's up on the slide and she's you know, laughing like a freaking whack job, you know, <laughs> on the top of the slide and basically kind of announcing, like, I will challenge you to a girls-only gunpla battle. And all I could think of, Justin, was that we, we taped the Ultraman 80 thing yesterday and how the, the swimming lessons was for <laughs> girls only. So this must be the same type of Japanese thing where it's like, gunpla battle, but for girls only. So it's like... If Takashi, you know, Ultraman 80, was trying to get with some chicks, he'd be like, oh, yeah, I want to come to the Gunpla battle with you. And she'd be like, girls only, <laughs> you know, and he's like, damn it, next time, you know, or whatever. But anyway, this is a girls only Gunpla battle. And, and conveniently, you know, Caroline is going to challenge China to the Gunpla battle as she's built her first Gunpla model. And China basically accepts the challenge and she's going to have Sai teach her how to use the gunpla. And then immediately, Reiji then all of a sudden returns. He's he's a monkey, that Reiji. He's hanging out in a tree for no reason, just chilling. Like, because all normal people just chill in tree branches, you know, when they're 
I don't know, relaxing or whatever. And so he's up in the tree just being like, yo, I will train you too, you know? And so at this point, I'm like thinking it's it's like the whole, you know, South Park thing where it's like, it's time for a montage! Because, <laughs> you know, they've got the the Build Fighters theme song playing in the background, and you see her doing all this kind of training with Reiji and Sai, and they're, you know, they're explaining things, they're refining the building of the bear guy, you know, maybe actually making it more functional than it was at the playground, and then, you know, Reiji is kind of helping her, you know, learn how to balance, learn how to shoot. It's kind of funny, though, like, I I, I don't know if you guys got this impression or not, but even in the actual battle and the training, it, it always seemed like the bear guy looks like it's out of control, but then it actually is in control somehow. It's like, it's like one of those weird, like, like bear guy has like a weird drunken master fighting style or something where it's like, it looks like you're like, Oh shit, the bear guy's going to fall over, man. But it's like, no, he just lands just fine and starts blowing stuff away. But it's like, you almost think like, dude, bear guy's going to trip. Like bear guy's going to slip on a banana peel, but like he, he doesn't. So I, I, I just found that kind of interesting, but I don't know if you guys noticed that or had any thoughts on that as well. Yeah, I I noticed it too. I kind of was expecting like Bear Guy to like fall flat on his face in his very first battle, but that didn't happen. He like made this you know kind of very elaborate jump and ended up flat on his feet. I was like, oh okay, well I guess it's not you know it's not going to go that way. That's that's good. I think I think it's probably like a little creative license just to like I don't know show showcase like Kosaka's own like hesitance and like awkwardness or whatever, but. Yeah, it was kind of weird, like, when it's, like, running all, like, bow-legged and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it just, it has a very, like, you start to think, oh, this is so awkward, like, it's gonna, you know, it's like that thing where you see a drink, like, sat on a table precariously, and you're like, oh, that's gonna fall, it's gonna break, and most times in the real world it does fall and break, but, like, in this episode it seems like the drink, like, you know, tips over, but then, I don't know, somebody does a, you know, flash Smallville, like, super speed thing and grabs it and everything's cool and... You know, Clark Kent or, you know, Barry Allen is, like, drinking the drink off the precariously placed table, and you're like, oh, I guess it's all good or something, you know, like, it's not it's not the end of the world and everything. And then, of course, we, we go to, from from China's training to Karo-chan's training, and, and what does she do? She goes to the American champion, Niels Nilsson, early genius, cheating bastard that he is. <laughs> Like they go, they she goes to to him to get him to quote unquote train her. Like I actually like in my notes, I was like, man, like she didn't even build her own gunpla, man. He built it for her. So I was like, typical, typical early genius bullshit. Like he he ends up building her a a SD night Gundam. China continues to to spar with with Reiji in her training, and and basically, I don't think Niels Nielsen actually really trained her so much as he just armed her with this really badass, excellently made, super deformed Night Gundam gunpla so that she could, you know, basically take out her rival and everything. There's basically the the round one bear guy ends up fighting a noble Gundam Deco, which it, it, I don't know if I'm right or not. I'm going to turn to you guys for this. But is that that is that based on something from G Gundam? Was that like one of Rain's Gundams or something? Or... Uh, what's her name? Uh, that's uh, Alan B's Gundam. 
and, okay. and, and the, the fighter okay. herself was even like a homage to Alan B. Like she had different colored hair, but it looked pretty much like her. Like her. Okay. Yeah. Okay. See, I knew it was something like that, but I, mm. I just didn't remember. And I, I was too lazy to look it up. So I was going to, I thought, I thought that Gundam had like kind of a sailor moon motif going on. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 yeah that that's, that's, that's what the noble Gundam pretty much looks like. It just had uh, a different yeah. like color scheme. No one's fought at my level before. You're the first one who did it. And next time, I'm gonna win against you. Yeah, till the next match. Bye! Wait! So what's your name anyway? Alan B. Alan B. Beardsley. See ya, Alan B. So basically, I guess, as as typical as it is for, for Reiji and then influencing Sai, both Sai and Reiji are running late to Kosaka's first gunpla match and everything. So they miss that that round one. But they finally show up and I guess in round two or whatever round it is, you know, he, she's finally facing off against Caroline and it's, you know, the Night Gundam versus Bear Guy Three. And, and what what cracks me up is like when when uh, I mean obviously we're we're we've already seen the Bear Guy. Reiji's sparred with it and everything, but but Reiji's reaction to the SD Gundam is like, what the fuck is that, Sai? What the fuck? Like, and he's all kind of <laughs> like, what? what is that? Like, what What is that? And, like, Sai basically gets to be Mr. Exposition for, for anybody who's not in the know, you know. And he basically is explaining that's a super deformed Gundam and, you know, sort of the cuteness and the, the big-headedness is, is valued you know, over, I guess, I, I, I don't know if it's valued over functionality. It seems pretty functional, but, but I guess, you know, it's, it's got that aesthetic of, of cuteness to it as opposed to, you know, most gunpla models we've seen on this show to date. So it, I, I thought it was kind of interesting. I thought it was a nice nod. I mean, I watched the, the different super deformed Gundam shows, whether it's like the old stuff in Japanese where they're just kind of comedy bits or even the, you know, the new stuff. It looked a little more like the new stuff because it was more CGI and everything. I, I was happy to see it. I don't know what your guys' thoughts were. I, I don't know if you guys are not fans of it or not. Like, is it is that one of those things where you're like, like super deformed Gundam and you're like, go away, like you put the sign of the cross up, or is it like, is it like, were you happy to see it? I, I like super deformed stuff, like, and, and this seems to be like one of those things that's like, you either really love it, like I do, or you really hate it. I remember watching that show on Cartoon Network, and I was like, man, this is great, like, this is Gundam, and it's like, kind of like, seeing fun, but like, it has a really good sense of humor, like, I loved it. And one of my good friends, he was absolutely crazy about anime at the time. I mean, he would watch stuff like Hamtaro and Hello Kitty. He, like, for some reason, he absolutely hated it. <laughs> and, like, I would buy, I would buy, I bought a few of the, like, SD models, and I bought the, an action figure of the, the Captain Gundam. Like, I thought it was great, and I would always, like, try and march it around him, like, whenever he was, like, doing homework or something. And he, he just absolutely hated it. And I, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't get it. I guess it's just some people, you know, they like their stuff, you know, super serious or, or, or what, but, like, I, I like SD stuff, so when the, the Night Gundam showed up, I was like, oh, cool, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought th this show seems to be acknowledging all different versions of Gundam, all kinds of alternate universes and stuff, and, and it's kind of neat that they can, on top of that, acknowledge something that, that most people wouldn't even consider, you know, I guess it's an alternate universe, but, but most people wouldn't consider a, a sort of mainstream Gundam at all, you know, so that I, I thought that was kind of neat. But what about you, Mike? Do you have a, a different take on it or anything? 
I don't have a huge problem with it. I mean, like, I don't think I'd... Like, uh, I'd, I'd like SD... Like, if I bought an SD Gundam model, it would have to be of, like, an established, like, model. Like, not, like, one of the ones, like, they just made up or whatever. But, you know, I guess I don't really have, like, that strong feelings towards it either way. No. Even since the day I joined the Royal Knights, I would just stare at Relly. And I was always thinking of her. However, I knew my love for her could never be realized. Because I was a Knight Gundam, and she was a human. And so, I, I guess just going back into the description of, of what's going on in the episode, I, I mentioned it earlier that early genius is a dirty, dirty cheat, and, and so is Karo-chan, because even even Sai, I mean, he, he doesn't come out and say, like, this is this is cheap or whatever, but he does comment, he's like, this is, this is such a great model, like, the way this is built, this gunpla, like, like, this cannot be the work of a first-time player. And, and they all sort of know that, that, Caroline is a first-time Gunpla player, so so there's something more to it and everything. And, of course, Early Genius is in the background kind of observing his handiwork, and, you know, Sai and Reiji are there to cheer on Kosaka, China, you know, in the background and everything. You know, then basically the, the match is really, really on. I, I think this goes back to what, what, you know, Justin was saying, that, that Caroline's kind of a whack job because, you know, eventually it just gets to the point where she's, She's just going for the kill, like like she's she's out for blood in this you know rivalry that that China doesn't really acknowledge. It's it's almost kind of pathetic, you know, in a way, like where where she's basically going to you know stab this cute little bear guy or whatever, you know. And I guess that that ends up working against her because after she stabs it and cuts off its hand and everything, the the pink, I, I was almost like, is that cotton candy attack? Like, what is that? You know, because it's like these pink cottony insides basically, like, protects her from, from all the killing strokes. Like, it doesn't it doesn't damage her gun club because, and, and she has this explanation like, well, you know, it's part of Bear Guy's backstory. You know, like, he was originally a teddy bear, and then he got morphed into a robot, and he still has the, the teddy bear insides, and that's basically part of his backstory. And so you got this SD Knight Gundam that's getting all jammed up by the, the pink cottony goodness, and, and basically it, it wins her a ring out, like the... the the SD Gundam is almost bouncing around like a little chew toy dog ball for, for a little doggy, you know, that just gets bounced out of the ring and everything. And, and, and Kosaka uh, basically wins that round. You know, I thought it was kind of interesting that, that you know, it's not quite the after credit epilogue, but the final result after they, they showcase that she won this this battle against her quote-unquote you know deadly rival or whatever like they, they do go on to note that there were other final tournaments and she lost that final tournament so i thought that was kind of interesting too they they're like oh man like you know i guess you couldn't get past that final round like you know caroline damaged the the bear guy too much for you to keep participating in the tournament was basically the excuse they gave. But I thought that was kind of fascinating that it's like, it's not all sort of wine and roses. It's like she, the, the victory was that she, she won against this rival that they'd been setting up, but she didn't actually become like the victor of the entire tournament or whatever. But I'm, I'm kind of curious, like what your guys' thoughts on that as a, as a statement in the episode, you know, were. 
I, I kind of like that development because, you know, it, it seems kind of throughout the series, especially our main characters, they overcome their obstacle typically, and they're like, yay, we win, or, you know, we're going to win this battle, and we're going we're gonna to go on to do this or that and be number one. But it was nice to see, like, not everyone in that universe, or I guess that little circle of friends is, like, destined to be, like, top number one. You know, she... She was just in it to, like, have fun and build a neat little model and kind of share something with a guy that she liked. So it, it was nice to see that she just kind of – she came in second, and she was happy with that. You know, she she didn't even really care about this whole rivalry thing. She was just, like, in it to have fun. Yeah, I mean, that that makes sense. And she also got to, I guess, help out her man, you know, even though he's like – I'm not her boyfriend, you know, but like, like, even though he says that, you know, it's like, it's like she, she gets to help out her, her man and, and kind of get him past his, his, uh, gunpla block or whatever you want to call it. You know, I remember we were talking about in an earlier episode where like someone said like, Oh, she's your girlfriend. And so like last, the the previous episode side, like didn't say anything, but this time I was like, Oh, you fumbled the ball. Like you shouldn't have said anything, but but he he still gets like completely embarrassed and like little you know red uh, embarrassed streaks on his face so he's just, yeah you know yeah he is he is blushing like, so no I'm not <laughs> yeah. he gets the the points for blushing he he says one thing but yeah. that is feeling another thing I guess so maybe maybe that's why it's all good I I I liked like yeah that the fact that she didn't win like I, I think she she's very like likable and like you know I think like like I said I love I love those moments in this episode where like through her personality she just kind of diffuses like the rivalry with like Caroline like effortlessly and Caroline is kind of like caught up in the spell and whatever and she like forgets about it for a couple like seconds and she's like hey this is like psychological warfare or something but yeah that, that's pretty funny don't don't you snow me, you cute girl with your cute bear guy. I know what's up. That concludes the the episode, and then of course, uh, you know, we have the the famous after credit scene where basically uh, Mr. Rawl comes to tell Sai how the the world champ Kaiser lost his match, and his opponent was this young white haired girl, and it's all mysterious and everything. But of course, we know her as Isla, who is is part of that new team and everything. So we we sort of know where things are going. We're we're a little more privy as the audience than than the actual characters are for that little little epilogue and everything. So I'm I'm definitely looking forward to seeing where where that's all going. Yeah, like things things get super serious like after this point. Like it seems like the first like nine episodes were all like set up and like, you know, next episode they go into the world tournament and it doesn't like leave that like for the rest of the series pretty much. So oh, okay. things yeah, so. yeah, things get super like competitive and serious after this. Got to sweep the leg and shit, right? Exactly. Time to bring out the big guns and stuff. But uh, I was awesome. just gonna say, like, I think my favorite part of this episode was the the Rocky montage with like Bear Guy and stuff. Like, yeah, I loved, yeah. I loved it. it. Was like jogging and like jabbing the air and stuff. Like, I thought that was. They should hilarious. just. They should just. They they need to re-edit that where it's like you're the best around. <laughs> Nothing's ever gonna bring you down. <laughs> you know. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I had fun watching it. It's a cute episode, and I enjoyed it, and it sounds like you guys did, too. So this pretty much wraps up our coverage of Build Fighters Episode 9 for Fan Holes Mobile Suit Mondays. If you enjoy listening to Mobile Suit Mondays, of course, we release these on Mondays. Uh, during the week and everything. We also have other side shows that you can listen to. We've got Sentai Saturdays. We've got Toku Thursdays, where we've been doing Kaida to start out with, and we kind of delved into some Common Rider Gaim and Ultraman and things like that. We've also got Transformers Tuesdays and, of course, the Fan Holes podcast proper. So if you like any of this stuff, you know, please feel free to check out the other side shows or the podcast proper. You can send us emails and comments comments at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us comments on the blog spot, and there's plenty of different ways to get in touch with us. You know, we always appreciate all the likes and everything that we get on Facebook, so we appreciate all that stuff. Again, if, if you feel like it and you got an iTunes account, you can leave us iTunes reviews, and we greatly appreciate it. So, thanks a lot for listening, and until the next Gunpla Battle with Serious Serious Business... This is going to be Derek, Derek WC, signing off. Hey, it's Mike. Justin Chen, Mark 3. We've never turned it back, I'm in like it is hot. Give my mother, pull me down. Me guy, look at all, say, that I'm on the car, got a kid on shoe, say, that I got to own a genome, no way. Caro-chan, it's Bear Guy. <laughs> oh, so cute. <laughs> that was hilarious. Kawaii.